0: I believe that what we do as women in the privacy of our own minds is the single greatest determinant of our lives. I'm Emma Title and you are listening to the Women Today podcast, where we are unpacking and investigating the new female psychology. I am a psychotherapist, coach, and teacher who is passionate about women's internal and external freedoms. You are in the right place if you wanna hear in-depth stories about women's lives. On this show, we dig deep into the minds and hearts of women to understand what it really takes to heal, to grow, and to experience psychological freedom so that we can create lives of authenticity, fulfillment, and contribution. This is a place to receive nourishment, inspiration, and guidance as we continue to show up for the complexity and nuance of our lives as women. I'm so glad that you're here, and let's get started with today's episode. Hi and welcome back everyone. I'm thrilled to have you here and today I'm going to be talking about the importance of being intentional with our time. I think more than ever it is critical that as women we really start to view our time, our energy, and our effort as one of the greatest resources that we have toward our empowerment both as individuals and in the collective. So what does it mean to live more intentionally or to spend our time more intentionally? One of the most common things I hear from women in my practice, which is that women are feeling a lack of fulfillment. We are often struggling with symptoms like depression, anxiety, feeling overwhelmed or underwhelmed or bored or just simply off in some way that's hard to pinpoint typically when I get in there with somebody or with myself to a deeper level of the psychology that's going on, there's a sense that life is passing us by and time is moving forward and we're not fully in our lives. We don't feel that we are moving toward the things that are most important to us. And there's this void or this lack of fulfillment, this lack of a sense of purpose or meaning. And whenever there is a lack of clarity around our purpose or a sense of meaning and fulfillment, the symptoms that I just described are very common side effects. They're sort of the little warning signs, the little loud or soft whispers from our soul that are telling us, you are not at ease. You are not at peace with something in the larger matrix of your life. And it's really important that you pay attention. So today I'm going to be giving some practical tips and strategies and practices for you to use so that you can hopefully start to become more in charge of your time and feel a greater sense of intentionality as you move through your day-to-day life. I want to be clear that this podcast is not about time management. I can totally geek out on time management tools and I enjoy them. Some of them have worked for me in my own life. I particularly love and respect the women who are coming out now with time management strategies and tools that are really designed more for women. But that's not what this podcast is about today. This podcast is about really coming to that place of deeply respecting and valuing your own minutes, hours, days, weeks, years alive on this planet as a woman, as a person. And when we get more intentional with how we're living, when we're able to take that step back and witness the ways that we might be kind of losing ourselves or falling off track in a day-to-day way, it helps us to remember this sacred nature of our life. And it helps us to return to that sense of center and authorship of our own lives as a woman. So one thing that I've noticed is that oftentimes women in general struggle with feeling as entitled to their time. Oftentimes we feel that other people's needs or preferences or priorities should take precedence over ours. Sometimes it's like a muscle we haven't developed or we don't know how to flex in terms of really putting our desires at the top of the food chain. And oftentimes we're also making decisions that are informed by children or partners or colleagues. And it's not that we want to just be making, you know, only self-centered decisions or only decisions that revolve around our priorities because we need to consider our loved ones as well. But I do think that we can, in general, as women, we can typically increase our capacity for prioritizing what's most important to us and then working with others in a collaborative way to meet all the needs. So when a woman has lower self-worth or is really struggling with issues of confidence, typically this issue is even more exacerbated. So this lack of feeling entitled to be intentional with one's time or to be you know, more narrowly focused or organized about what's important to us can be a real struggle. So the irony here is that when we are struggling with low self-worth, one of the ways to increase our self-worth is to actually fill our days and our time with things that are important to us and that lead us somewhere that feels meaningful to us. So it's sort of this ironic, painful cycle. And if you are one of those women who is feeling like not entitled to prioritizing your own life, your own time, how you spend it, or you're really struggling with low self-worth or both, I want you to really listen in closely to this podcast. It's important for all of us, regardless of how confident or valuable we feel that we are, this information is going to be really helpful. So the first exercise that I want to recommend. And you can either do it now, or if you're driving or in a place where you can't pull out a piece of paper and a pen or a computer, you can do it later. But this is really the basic foundation of starting to get more intentional with your time, which is that I want you to make a list or make three columns. So whether that's on the computer or in your journal, just make three columns. And the first one is you can just write positive outcomes, The middle one is suffering outcomes. And the third one is biggest priorities. So in the first column, I want you to make a list of practical things, however large or small in your life, that if you do them, they predictably create some form of a positive outcome, whether that's mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, or interpersonally. You know, these things might be simple, like, cooking your own nutritious meals or getting out for a walk, connecting with a loved one, listening to an inspiring podcast, whatever it is for you, I just want you to list those things and don't stop yourself until you've really run out of thinking about the things that predictably produce a positive outcome for you. And then when you're done with that, I want you to go to the second column, and I want you to think about the things that predictably lead you to increased suffering of any kind. Again, whether that's physical, emotional, spiritual, interpersonal, financial, you know, professional, any form of suffering that you've tracked and noticed over time, that you have an increase in symptoms, upset, unhappiness, unworthiness when you do these things, So these things might be something like not going to bed early or eating sugar or talking to that person who's consistently criticizing you and shaming you for certain things. Whatever it is in your life, I want you to be honest. And again, don't stop yourself. Let yourself go as long as you need to go to get through this list so you can really get out on the page the things that if done will predictably lead you to upset and suffering. And then the third column is your biggest priorities. So I want you to take some time to think about what are the most important priorities in your life right now? Not what was a priority in the past or what might be a priority in the future, but literally in the here and now, what is most important to you? I encourage you to stick to no more than five in this category and even better if you can get it down to just three. You'll notice as we go along that if you're able to narrow down your priorities in a more distilled fashion, it will actually help you to be more intentional with your time. So once you've gone through this exercise, which is really critical in just reflecting on your life, you know, oftentimes we're just going so fast and there's so many balls that we're juggling that it's hard to actually feel like we are in charge of what our day is filled with. And so the way that we're going to orient to be more intentional with our time is that we're going to start to try to fill our days with as many of the consistently positive results producing things as possible, as well as activities related to your top priorities. So we're gonna look at the first column and the third column and see where we can start to stack and layer in more and more of these things into our day-to-day lives. Now, I want to be clear that this is not about perfection. This is not about the fantasy that we're going to have lives that feel 100% good all of the time. This is not about creating a picture-perfect scenario where we are avoiding painful things at all costs and only wanting to do the things that make us feel good. This is not how life works. And we don't even want life to work this way because most of our best growth and development as humans actually occurs when we are challenged and when we have the opportunity to stretch and to grow. So it's not about eliminating challenge or hard things or things that feel at the edge of our comfort zone from our life, but rather trying to systematically reduce those things that are, I almost like to call them dead weight. They're the things that really don't create a lot of benefit in our lives and lead to a lot of suffering, which brings us down and leaves us with those feelings of meaninglessness or lack of energy, lack of fulfillment, lack of in-chargeness of our own lives. So once you've gone through this exercise and you have the right frame of mind about how we're approaching this, I want you to start rolling your sleeves up and getting into your calendar, whether you use a paper calendar or something in your phone or computer. I want you to really start to think about where you can add in more of the consistently positive producing things to your life, particularly in the first half of the day, I would say before noon, all of us have different bio rhythms, but if you can try to get some resourcing activities or some activities that are related to the things that are most important to you in your life in before noon, you're going to notice that you start to feel a lot more in charge of your life. You also start to feel a lot more intentional with your life. So you know, all of us have different situations and you need to really consider what season of your life are you in and what, is realistic for you. So don't set goals like waking up at 5 AM to exercise and make a smoothie if that's not really something you're going to be able to do in your life. Those things, you know, if you do that, you're just going to set yourself up for failure. And if we have a lot of failure, it lowers our self-worth. It lowers our sense of confidence that we're able to shape our lives in a meaningful direction. So I want you to be realistic, but also stretch yourself a little bit, like dream into what would be an amazing way to start the day 80% of the time. Or if I started working on that thing that's really important to me that I keep running out of time for by the end of the day, if I started doing it in the first part of the day, how might I feel about myself or how might I move this thing forward? As you're listening, I can imagine you might be saying to yourself, Okay, Emma, that all sounds great, but it's really a lot easier said than done. And if you're feeling that way, I want to absolutely validate and acknowledge you that, yes, it is way easier said than done to be mindful with our time, to reduce the things that are making us hurt chronically in our lives and to increase the things that are going to make us feel better and more in charge. If it were easy, I wouldn't be creating a podcast about it, and I wouldn't be talking to tons of women about it every single week in my practice. So that's why we're here. We're trying to do something that is easier said than done. And I believe that you absolutely can shift how you're feeling in terms of a sense of purpose, a sense of in-chargeness, a sense of meaning and fulfillment in your day-to-day life. So in particular, there are three things that I know are really very much easier said than done and super challenging when we're trying to create changes in our life. So one thing that I want to speak to is addiction. If you are struggling with any form of addiction, whether that's alcohol or drugs, tobacco, sugar, addiction to love, an eating disorder of any form, addiction to violence or technology or shopping, whatever it might be, Addiction is really challenging, and I want to say to you that if you're struggling with addiction, I do not want you to try to figure this out on your own. Depending on what the particular nature of your addiction is and how long it's been going on, you may need to seek out help from a group or a therapist or AA or some other form, but addiction is really hard to break, particularly because of what's going on in the brain chemistry. And so again, in the name of not setting yourself up for failure, I want to encourage you to get the help you need with the addiction because it's going to be hard to create a life that feels more intentional and fulfilling and meaningful to you if you don't get that addiction really handled. Secondly, I work with a lot of women who are unhappy in their professional or work lives. And this is another thing that if you are struggling with this, it's going to be really hard to even walk yourself through these exercises or activities because you're going to be thinking to yourself, well, Emma, I spend eight, nine, maybe 10 hours a day working and my work is not satisfying to me. So how can I be more intentional with my time? Because I need to make money and I need to show up to work and I can't lose my job. And so, you know, even if I could do a little something in the morning or a little something at night, I still am going to feel really badly in my life. And again, if this is you, I want to validate and honor that reality. I've had times in my past where I've been deeply unhappy and unfulfilled at work, and it has taken a huge toll. It can lead to depression, to feelings of worthlessness, lack of meaning, all sorts of things, anxiety. So if this is you, what I want you to focus on is really thinking about what specifically is bothering you about your work. And when we get more specific, then we start to get more empowered. So is it the amount that you're being paid? Is it the hours that you have to work? Is it issues with team members or colleagues? Is it the actual field or industry you're in? Whatever it might be, I want you to get super specific and it may be a few things about what's really making you unhappy. And then from there, I want you to think about what steps do you need to take in order to correct the more specific issue? So do you need to start applying for other jobs? Do you need to have a hard conversation with a boss or a colleague? Do you need to request a different work hour structure or to get on track for more pay increases? What is it that would actually increase your happiness at work? And get on it about trying to make those changes because that's what's going to move the needle the most for you. Of course, in addition to some other activities in the rest of your life. But again, work typically takes up so much of our time. We want to make sure that we're addressing it if we're not happy. The third thing in this category of easier said than done is that Behavior change is hard. So you might be one of those people who's sitting there thinking, I would love to, you know, have a morning that looks like yoga and meditation and a healthy breakfast or something like that. Or I'd love to have a a day where I feel really fulfilled at the end, but I'm having trouble doing something different. And again, major validation, major acknowledgement to you, behavior change is hard. I'll be the first to acknowledge that whenever I try to shift something in my life, I'm like, wow, it really takes a lot of internal and external commitment to move the needle. You know, we're, many of us are so stuck in our ways. We're so stuck in our habits. And when we are in that position, it's hard to make a shift because it's just not as automatic in our brain. So if this is you, I want you to think about a couple of things. One is there's an amazing book by a man named James Clear, and it's called Atomic Habits. And he has really researched and studied ways to make behavior change easier and more fluid. And he has a great concept, which is that we're not trying to actually change behaviors necessarily. We're trying to install better habits that organically, naturally lead to better behaviors, behaviors that we want, behaviors that lead us in the direction of where we actually want to be going with our time, our energy, and our lives. So I'd recommend that book. And then I would also think about trying to only change one thing at a time. So think about the thing that would move the needle the most in your life. What is that? And once you identify that, what is the change you want to make? And don't, you know, set yourself back by trying to change 10 things at once in your life, change one thing and commit to doing it the way you're wanting to do it for one week. And then after that one week, commit to another week. And after that week, another week, all the way up into one month and then two months if you can. There's a lot of research that shows when you get to that one month and then that two-month mark, something starts to become more integrated into your way of being, and it's more like an installed new way of living your life, and it becomes a lot less challenging to do that new thing. So I encourage you to experiment with that. And this kind of incremental commitment also helps you to have a real life experience. Like, is this change that you've made actually giving you the results or the rewards you want? And if not, maybe you want to try something else. The next concept I want to talk about with regard to living more intentionally is a concept called not too tight, not too loose. This is a concept that comes from Buddhism. And I, you know, it's pretty self explanatory, but basically, it's really easy to go in one extreme or the other when it comes to changing our lives or getting intentional. So one of the things that I've observed in the women's personal growth and development community is that boundaries have become a lot more In the dialogue, like people understand what it is. People are talking about it. There's a lot more permission and discussion around boundaries, which I'm psyched about. And I celebrate boundaries. I work a lot with myself around healthy boundaries and the women I work with. However, there's been a little bit of a shadow that's come in the boundary conversation. I think that we have such a painful history as women, as a collective throughout history around so many boundary violations occurring that now that boundaries are more in the mix, sometimes those boundaries can come with a rigidity or an inflexibility that actually does more harm than good. So I want you to think about what type of person are you? Are you someone who tends to be more rigid, more fixed, more methodical in your ways, or someone who tends to be more loose, more fluid, more spontaneous in your ways. Neither one is right or wrong, but it's healthy to be able to assess yourself and to say, okay, where do I fall on the spectrum? And what do I need to do to get more into that healthy middle path, middle zone place where I know how to protect my time and create structure around my time, but I also know how to be spontaneous and fluid and adapt One of the greatest signs of health that I've witnessed and observed in the women that I've worked with and in myself over the years is that we are healthiest. We are most well, most joyful when we are able to adapt to the myriad of circumstances that come our way, both in our personal lives and in the world. If we don't feel like we can flow and move and shift and alter things, then we actually end up living with a lot of fear and insecurity, and that is a sign that we could do some work to find more of that middle space of not too tight, not too loose with our boundaries. Additionally, I want to talk about the language that you use, both in your own mind and when you're communicating to other people in your life. So as you're trying to get more intentional about your time and making some of these behavior changes, trying to stack your life with more things that are predictably rewarding and of top priority to you and reducing the things that cause you suffering, I want you to notice your own speech. I want you to consider... The difference between I have to do XYZ or I get to do XYZ. Very different energetic statements. So if you notice yourself saying throughout the day, I have to do this or I have to do that, I want you to practice saying, I get to do XYZ, I get to do that. Now, this is actually related to the boundaries conversation because. If we are not setting proper boundaries for ourselves at work with our loved ones, then we might feel that we have to do things and we don't have a choice around it for all sorts of reasons, everything from violent consequences to internalized perfectionism, anywhere along that spectrum we could be. But if we feel that we have to do something, I want you to really question, is that true? And is it actually more like, no, I get to do this. I'm actually like well enough, privileged enough, alive enough that I get to do this. Or is it a boundaries issue where you actually need to say, no, I don't have to do this and I'm not going to. And you might have to deal with what that looks like in your circumstance. I also want you to think about choice now depending on our biography and our background it can be really hard to feel like we have choice particularly around things like for example earning money or raising children yes all humans require money to make the world go round and if you have children Yes, you are responsible for those children, for taking care of those human lives. However, we do have choice about how we make money, and we do have choice about how we care for children, and we have choice about how we do most things in our lives. Again, the level of choice we feel given our circumstances and realities is going to vary, but I want you to think about where do you have choice in the things that are challenging to you. And this can be a really confronting consideration for some of us. So just be gentle, be loving, be kind, but you can even journal with yourself of like, where do I have other options? Where are my choices in this situation? Another way to work with language is to think about, okay, I'm doing something or I'm embracing something that's challenging or not easy for me, but why am I doing it? What is the bigger motivation underneath that choice. And when you think about that why, it helps you again to not feel as much resistance or resentment about the challenge, but to really embrace what it's connected to that matters to you in your life. And that can bring a huge sense of empowerment. I hope these recommendations have been helpful for you today. I highly encourage you to go through some of these exercises to think about some things and to make some changes in your life because our time is one of our most precious and sacred resources as women. We only get this one life. We are valuable. We have a lot to contribute. We have hopes, we have dreams, we have things that we want to see change in the world. And if we are not capable of harnessing our power to shape and craft our days, our weeks, our years, and our months, then we're really going to lose out on a lot of what's important to us, both personally and in the world at large. So I look forward to learning more about the changes that you're seeing as a result of these shifts. And I will also look forward to connecting with you in our next podcast. Take care and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the women today podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and take a moment to leave a rating and a review. The more five-star ratings this podcast gets, the more easily women around the world will be able to access this valuable information. Remember we each have our unique role to play in this collective uprising for women all over the world whoever you are and wherever you find yourself in this moment. There is a deep intelligence to your particular place in the wider web and we need the specific experiences, insights, and gifts that only you carry. I am sending you my heartfelt strength and support for wherever you are on the journey and I'll look forward to connecting again next week.